I don't have cancer. This is just a precaution. I don't have cancer. This is just a precaution. That's kind of been my mantra throughout this. And there's days where I only need to say it once and I believe it and I can carry on. And there's other days where I feel like I have to say it over and over again. And as I was going through round one, feeling like absolute garbage, I kept repeating to myself, I was laying in bed, the world's spinning, I'm dizzy, I'm taking Imodium like candy, I'm taking the anti-nauseans like candy, my cramps, the stomach cramps were so bad and I just kept thinking, I don't have cancer, this is just a precaution, this is just a precaution, I don't have cancer, and some days it helped and others, like I said, I just had to keep saying it over and over again. So I'd stopped the pills early, as I had said, during my round one, and I'm trying to get into round two. And before every round, you go get blood work, and they like to have it about three days before you get blood work, or sorry, three days before you have your next round, and then you meet with your oncologist, and they go over the blood work, and it's, are you ready to carry on the next round and how it's going to look? So I was on what's, I guess, my off week. So the week where you're not, I wasn't taking the pills and this is supposed to be your kind of your recovery week. And I was still having lots and lots of side effects. And they give you a number to call, uh, the triage. And they have the day one and the 24-hour one. My kids were sick. I had taken a stool sample. And the big one of the big things is, is if you have a fever of 38 degrees, you're supposed to go to emergency right away. So I have this fever now. And I like a couple days before blood work. And I'm worried, oh my gosh, they're going to get blood work and it's going to show like my kidneys have shut down, my liver shut down, and I'm not going to be able to carry on for the next round. And then it's going to get delayed and then it's going to push my treatments back. I'm going to have to take another round and there's all that kind of worry because I just want to be done. And um, so I have this fever and it's hovering about 37.7, 37.8 and 37.9, kind of around there. And then all of a sudden it would hit 38. And we'd look and we're like, so do we go to emergency? And then it would drop to about 37.8 again. And my kids had fevers too. So we call the triage, the 24-hour one, because it's late at night. It's a couple days before I'm supposed to do my blood work too. And again, I'm kind of worried. And when you go into emergency, you have this sheet that they give you to tell you, to tell the doctors there that you're on chemo and what kind of drugs interact with it and things like that. So we call the 24 hour and I'm sure they're so sick of hearing me by name right now because we've called because when it comes to the side effects, it's always this fine line, like what is normal and what's not normal. And you have to be really careful because when you cross that what's not normal, it could be, as I was saying in an earlier one, some of it could be life changing and permanent, especially with the neuropathy and things like that. And they also don't want you to pretty much OD on chemo drugs. But you don't really know it's normal because everyone's different. And round one, it's kind of like that baseline. They don't know how you're going to react until they put you through round one. So we call the triage and they're, think, they're saying, well, you're, if it's 38, yes, you're supposed to go in, but it's kind of dropped a bit. And also right now we're in the, what, the fifth wave of the pandemic and the nurse is very blunt. And she says, there are no nurses at the hospital, especially oncology nurses to help. There, there have been tasks to other places, uh, ER and pandemic help and all that. So if you go to the hospital, there is, there are no nurses, especially ones that are going to be able to help with kind of the chemo part and stuff like that. So if you can handle this at home, it is better to stay at home. 
right now. Also, with everything going on, no immunity, you, it could be at home. So if it does spike above 38 and stays there, then yes, go to emergency. But I mean, if your kids are sick, it's probably that. And stay home and manage it at home. So we stayed home. It dropped, over, it dropped through the night and kind of came back down. Still mild, like hovering about 37. So not completely non-feverish, I guess. Um, the kids are still sick. Their fevers kind of dropped. And um, I got to go now kind of get my blood work done. And so my, my own oncologist phones the next day and she's like, okay, usually we do, especially during the pandemic between rounds, we do uh, over the phone consults and we just go through your blood work. But with everything going on, we need to see you in person because it's, everything has kind of been crazy and your stool sample came back and it's negative. So it doesn't mean it's not a virus because they test for things that they can actually like I give you a drug for so the bacteria ones so the big ones that are going to affect it and it's come back negative so because of that we don't know if it's a virus or the chemo drugs or a combination of both but we're going to err on the side of caution and it's most likely the chemo drugs so I go and get my blood work done which isn't a big deal I have a standing order and then I have to make my way to see my oncologist and like I said I'm kind of worried I'm like oh my goodness what's my blood work going to show um, and we're sitting down and I'm talking with the oncologist and the nurses and they're saying, well, your blood work didn't come back with any virus or anything that we could test. So we really think it's the chemo and you're pretty much ODing on chemo drugs. So it's built up in your system. So if we do this for round two, because you're supposed to start on Monday and now it's Friday and you're still feeling symptoms. And I'm like, well, the diarrhea stopped now. And I'm starting to feel better. And they're like, but that's only two days before you kind of feel better before you move on. And the vein where they'd put the IV in still had a big lump in it. And it was still painful to the touch from kind of my thumb all the way up to my elbow. And they said, well, you know, we'll alternate arms. But if it doesn't get better, then again, we're going through only one vein in one arm. And if it happens to your other one. So we think there's a better option. And the big thing is too, is we're also going to lower the amount we have. So right now you're at 100%. We're going to lower their next one to 80%. And it's okay. Like it doesn't change the efficacy because round one is kind of like that crapshoot, like find out your baseline. And my big questions are, of course, is does this mean I'm going to have to tack it on to the end because I finished earlier? Now we're going less and all these questions and no, it should be fine. But we think that we should go with the option two from when we first gave you all the two choices and we don't think the pill because you're digesting it through your GI tract it's a lot harder on your GI system so we think you should go and do the second one where you actually it's uh instead of every three weeks it's every two weeks and it'll be through a port and we think that's better because it's now not going being digested through your GI tract so still there's the whole side effects like we were talking earlier like they're all the worst side effects ever so you still have, you know, the neuropathy, but it won't be maybe as much because instead when you get the oxyoplatin, you're instead of sitting there for the five hours because it's a higher dose because it's every three weeks, you're going every two weeks, we're at 80% and it's a lesser dose anyways because you're going every two weeks and you only have to do there for two hours. So the neuropathy might not be as bad as well as we won't be using the vein. It'll be going through the port. And then you also have... Um, 
taking uh, the other, you'll take home your take-home kit and it'll go through and instead of going through your whole body first to kind of go through your vena cavers around your heart, it'll kind of go right there first. And it's, it's a much better option. And so I'm thinking, okay, uh, but this will tack on time. Yes, it will, because we also have to get you in to get a port. And as much as we'd like to get you started right away and get you in for a port right away, with the pandemic and everything going on, it's not considered a major life-threatening kind of surgery. So we're going to put you on the list. We're going to try to get you in, but things are backed up too. But we're hoping to get you in in about two, three weeks, which will put everything off. And instead of doing four rounds, this one, because of the two weeks, it's every six rounds. So we calculated it out. If I get my port in, we start up. I'll be done now December 22nd. So still before Christmas. So yay, but definitely longer. And I'm thinking, well, what if I just suck it up and pull through it and just take the pills again? Well, if this was only round one and round one is supposed to be the most mild symptoms, the doctor's like, I don't know what it's going to look like when you hit round four or even round three because the, the side effects are cumulative. And she's like, and you, if it's going like this, you will be in the ER the whole time. And we don't want that. So I decide, okay, we're going to go for this port. And to do it, it's, I have to wait two weeks about if they can get me in. And that gives my body kind of a two-week rest. And it's coming up to Thanksgiving. It's coming up to my birthday. And so I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. And I was starting to feel better at that point. And this was the Friday morning. So we made that decision. Saturday comes along. I'm feeling even better. Sunday, I'm feeling better. And I'm thinking on the Monday, I was supposed to start. And I was thinking, well, I feel good enough to start. I should have started, but we've made this decision. And she's probably right, because right now my symptoms don't hit right away. They kind of hit that day five, seven, and then they get really strong, the side effects. So now I have to wait for a port. But the two weeks off was kind of nice break for my body to kind of recover. Uh, so people who kind of saw me were like, wow, like, I mean, we heard round one wasn't great, but I mean, you look fantastic. Well, round one was mostly GI stuff and like headaches and stuff like that. Not like f physically, I guess, looking like, I don't know what people are expecting that all of a sudden I'd be this bald 20 pound person. I mean, I didn't even lose a ton of weight and you think I would have with not eating all that because I was unwell. But I, I mean, I looked right. I got out. Um, I was able to, to kind of be with my family. And I was starting to really feel good. And then that's when I was like, I, I don't have cancer. I feel great. And man, like maybe one round and that's all I needed. So then I, I got the call to go in to get the port. So it's a day surgery procedure. Um, and then it's a, not much of a recovery. But what they do is they go under your skin. They put a port under kind of my upper chest and it's kind of on my upper right chest and then it, it attaches kind of through a catheter right through my neck. So I, I go in to go do this port and there are, um, there are no nurses really because they had all been kind of pulled away to uh, other areas, whether it's emergency or wherever they're needed, uh, the ICU and that because of the, the pandemic. So there is not as many nurses um, so I'm lucky I got in, I guess, and I'm waiting and, uh, the doctor comes and he's kind of right away. He's like, okay, so you know what you're doing? Like what's, what the port and that and all what it's about and that. And in my head, I was like, well, no, I don't know everything. And he's kind of like, well, why not? And I was like, well, this is my only choice. 
Like I didn't do a lot of research in what the port was and if there's going to be complications, side effects, anything like that. I got the gist of what the port was going to do. But in the long run or in the end, I couldn't do the pills again. So this was my only option. So I was like, what's the point of knowing all the what ifs and that if this is what I need anyways? And he was kind of like, uh, okay. So he kind of basically said, we're going to go through and all the rest. Um, but we're going to get the nurse to kind of go through your chart and that first and I'll come back and talk to you. So the nurse, one of the nurses comes and first thing she says is, oh, you take an aspirin a day. Like why? And I was like, I, I don't. That's, I'm actually have allergies to aspirin. So again, this whole like not feeling like a patient, like I don't know whose chart. And she kind of was like, whoa, well, uh, yeah, no, hold on. We'll go through everything then. If you've got allergies, that shouldn't be there. And I was like, well, it should always be on my chart. Like that's been on since like when I had kids in the hospital, like it's been on for since I was a teenager. So that was kind of upsetting. And I'm thinking, what else is on the chart that they didn't put or anything like that? So we go through my allergies and then she's like, not to worry, but it was getting in my head. I was like, I'm going into the surgery and I feel like whose chart are they reading? Do they even know me? And this is how I'm going to start the surgery. Uh, and then they had to bring a nurse out of retirement. So I'm going to, maybe her real name was Karen. Maybe it wasn't, but I'm going to call her Karen because that's how I come to think of her as Karen. So Karen is an older nurse who they brought out of retirement, literally looks like she came out of retirement. And she's come in and she's going to be super helpful. And the doctor um, kind of introduces me and, you know, she's like, okay, I'll meet you in the room and that. And the doctor comes back and he's discussing um, my options. So he's like, well, based on your experience with narcotics, this is just a simple surgery. Like it's only an hour and he goes, I really don't want to experience, like, experiment with another narcotic that could put you out when we want to use the port right away. Because I was getting the port and they wanted to use it in two days. And he goes, we don't want to, you know, have you out and more symptoms and side effects and all the rest. So we're going to just do local ana anesthetic. And I think you can do this. I think you can handle it. You know, well, of course, we'll numb it. And when you first get the needle to numb it, it'll hurt because it's going straight into your neck and that. And I was like, okay, if you think this is best. And he's like, I really do. Like, wait, if you have to, ever have to have a major, major surgery where you're going to need a narcotic to put you out, like full out, do it then. This one, you don't need to be. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this all under local anesthetic. So they wheel me in. Uh, doctor goes, gets ready. They kind of put a cover over my, my face and that. And Karen's there and... She has her little beady eyes and she kind of goes right under the, the cover because my neck or my head was turned to the side and I had a cover over my face so they could get at my neck. And she's like, I just, I want to be honest with all my patients. She's like, and I was kind of looking at her and I'm like, okay. And she's like, you were going to wish you wanted to die. And I was kind of like, what, excuse me? And she's like, oh, this will be the worst pain in your life. And already they were starting to kind of numbing my skin and getting ready in that and I'm thinking whoa 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 what, what do you mean and she's like this pain is going to be excruciating and she's like I had to do something in my foot and I wanted to die and she's like I just want you to know that and this is before I go in so all of a sudden tears are streaming down my face and I'm like panic attack and the little heart rate thing on me is just going up and I'm like whoa change my mind put me under put me under I don't care I'll deal the side effects and they're like well it's too late now because we would have had to put the IV in your arm and all the rest and 
And the doctor's like, okay, like you're, something's going on. You need to calm down. Your heart rate's going up. Like get out of there. Quit talking to her. And she kind of like pats my hand and ducks out back under. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Karen, like, thank you. And, um, so the doctor's like, well, I'm, I'm, I will tell you what I'm going to do. He's like, so I'm going to put the needle in your neck now. You're going to want to start wiggling your toes. He's like, that'll help. And yeah, it, it hurt like hell. That first needle when they put the freezing in to numb your neck because it's your neck's to the side and you're going through a major vein. Like it's right there and they're inserting a catheter under your skin in that. And I'm like, oh, oh God, oh, like it hurts. Um, and it, I, I mean, and I also had Karen tell me that it was going to hurt. So that probably didn't help. And then of course it gets better and it just, after that, once it gets numb, it's fine. And it's just mostly uncomfortable. You can feel this pulling under your skin because he's trying to adjust this catheter and this port under your skin and all the rest. And he's talking of exactly what he's doing and I'm half tuning out. Um, and then, you know, Karen pops her head under. She's like, wow, you made it. Like you're doing pretty good. Keep wiggling your toes. Wow. Like you're, if you can do this, that's great. And then, um, she's like, but remember you have to get it taken out. And I'm thinking like, thanks, Karen, like just leave now. And the doctor says, it's just pipes up. And I remember him saying, he's like, it's much easier coming out than going in. Just so you know, he's like, yeah, you have to do this, but it's much easier coming out than going in. And I'm thinking, okay, that helps a bit. Cause I really don't want to be thinking about that part now. So I, I, they finish up and he says it goes well. Karen gives me the big two thumbs up and I'm thinking, go back to retirement. Uh, and then I have to go into recovery and I'm listening to this poor girl beside me and I don't know how old she was. She sounded young and she had uh, lupus. And so this was going to be her like 10th port or something like that. She's had them on both sides. It wasn't working. Um, she takes chemo here and there for her ports. And I'm thinking, this is like her 10th port. And she's had them on both sides and all the rest. Because they talk about ports being under your skin. I think they said about like up, up to 3,000 pricks in it. And it can be under your skin for three to eight years, something like that. I mean, you have to get it drained or all the rest um, flushed. But it, it can stay there for a long time. So I'm thinking, great. Uh, so I felt better, I guess, about my situation in a way, because I was like that poor lady next to me. Um, and then they wheel me to day surgery and I'm kind of, or day recovery, and I'm kind of in the back. And again, there's lack, lack of nurses. So I have one that's kind of popped in here and there. And she kind of sits and talks with me and um, the freezing is starting to wear off. And all of a sudden I get that burning sensation again and my neck. And it's all bandaged and I just want to scratch my neck. And she's like, you, you can't touch your neck. Like it's all bandaged. It's a few stitches in your neck for the, you know, to stitch up where they cut through and that. And she looks at my um, file and then she's like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to run Benelin afterwards. Uh, it's a little late for that. Are you going to be okay? And again, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Why do I always have to remember? I am groggy. I just came to surgery. And I shouldn't have to be the one who's always like, oh, by the way, can you do the Benelin? And now it's too late. And I'm like, well, I guess so. She's like, it doesn't, it's going to wear off fast anyway. So I'm sitting there. Neck is literally on fire, wanting to scratch it. And they're like, oops. And again, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, I'm a human. I'm a patient. Like, 
I mean, I get advocating for yourself, but anyway, frustrating to say the least. Um, so I get picked up and I'm, I'm going home and I'm going home to sick kids again. Who are, but now they're sort of on the mend. And I got this stitches in my neck and that. So I'm trying to keep it covered too because I got a three-year-old and a six-year-old, right? And of course the six-year-old's scared because he sees I, I, the one when I had it on my abdomen, I had a shirt on. I could cover up. This is on my neck. And you can't really have like a turtleneck or something covering it. So it's there. And he's kind of, you know, eyeing it. And are you okay? And, you know, doesn't want to touch me. My three-year-old just wants to climb all over me, snotty and everything. And I'm also supposed to be kind of staying away so I don't get sick before they have to use the port. I go into my round two in a couple days. And that was their big thing. Well, if you've got sick kids, can someone look after them for you? Well, they're already helping me out during the day. And it's a lot of my husband. And it's they're always like, well, you shouldn't be around them. Well, a three-year-old and a six-year-old... My six-year-old, like I said, he's pretty mature and he kind of gets it and he'll kind of stay his distance. But when kids are sick, they just want to be with you. They want to climb with you. And at three in the morning, my snotty three-year-old climbs into bed with me and cuddles right up next to me, could care less. And as much as I try to pull her off me and my husband takes her, it's hard. And I want to be with them when they're sick too, because I see them sick and I know they want cuddles and you kind of want to be there. And I'm trying to be like, I can't and distancing myself. So at this point, I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to get sick, I'm going to get sick. I live in a house with two kids. So that's kind of been another kind of tough point. Um, so it's, it's healing pretty good. I'm, so I had now have this port. And so now, um, they even said, well, for blood work now, you don't have to get a prick in your arm every time they can go through your port. So I was thinking, well, okay, that sounds good. And they're like, the, it's, and it's all bruised. So like the first time they go in your port, it's bruised. It's going to hurt because it feels like, you know, putting a needle through a bruise. You find out afterwards. So there's only so many nurses trained to use a port. So when I do blood work, I still have to go through my arm because there's not enough nurses trained to use the port to do it, which is fine. I mean, it's a, a blood work in my arm. Like it's, I guess, less pokes everywhere else. So I'm ready to start round two and we're going to see how this works and find out I have a take-home kit in that. And now I have a, a new lovely apparatus that I don't know how long I get to keep. Um, but for the most part, I kind of wear hoodies when I can and things to kind of cover it up a bit because it does stick out. And they said after time, it will flatten and go against your skin the longer you wear it. Mine looks like a meteor. It looks like this sharp little rock sticking straight out and it gets bumped all the time. My little one bumps her head against it, everything. And so I feel like it's constantly bruised and it never goes down. It's just, it sticks up. I can feel it all the time. And I really don't want to wait five to eight years to see if it does kind of eventually settle under my skin. So onwards and upwards and I am ready to take on round two and just be done with this because you know what I don't have cancer this is just a precaution and if this is what I have to do this is what I got to do